podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're called Whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't mean robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, don't take it seriously. We're only bugging. <laughs> Hello, my name's Mark Webster. This is The Whistleblowers. And I'm delighted to say that, to a great extent, the FA Cup fannery is, is done and dusted with. Except, we know, you know, this oh, something. Another day. Not for now. Because the grown-ups are back. Yeah, that feels wrong. Now I've said it out loud. Apologies to everybody. But here we go, and this is the truth. Gary Hayes returns to the uh, Whistleblowers uh, gang. And I'd like to say that you're here within context of a Chelsea team that you think you're probably quite happy with. Yeah. I'm, sorry, I'm trying not to laugh at your intro there. I'm just trying to keep it That down. was no intro. That was me <laughs> talking until I introduced you. Uh, oh, okay. That's the intro. Yeah. Good point. Uh, yes. Very happy. But obviously, um, the Diego Costa... Situation has thrown a spanner in the works. Yeah, a bit like what's happened to a Spaniard. You say? <laughs> well, he wants to be a Spaniard, doesn't he? <laughs> Throw the <laughs> but, Spaniard in the works. But, uh, yeah, a Thank bit like what's Gary. happening at West Ham. It's, it's all going down for uh, London clubs because obviously you have got Payet as well, and then maybe Sanchez won't sign the dotted line. And do you know what, girl? You may have touched on a nerve that may be something of the thrust of the conversation <laughs> they're going to have because. For the first time, I don't like to say that on the whistleblowers, a gentleman that the West Ham podcast will know very well is Mark Sandell. Hello, Mark. Good evening, and thank you very, very much. Well, you're more than entitled to, to say thank you to me for thanking <laughs> me to say thank you to you. Um, we'll get very West Hammy, no doubt. Um, but it, so you're, the, you're very impartial when I'm biased when it comes to, to this. So I struggle. Let me and Gary just slug it out, really. Aren't I, we? Is that what I, I really hate. I hate it when West Ham's a story. So terrible <laughs> yeah. at it. I spent so much of my entire living career just being so. What do you think about something, and what do you think about something else? However, in this particular case, I may feel the, the need to join in. But what's important here is that you've is that we've got this broad story that and we've got two footballers that we need to talk about. Costa and Payet. And this has happened in this January... In a January transfer winner, by the way, gentlemen, that has not happened. Mm. This is halfway through. Is this... Is, is this Gal, you'll know. Is this... Are we not generally seeing 20 footballers swap places by now? Yeah, but it, it seems to be now, though, that especially in January, everyone leaves it to the last minute just to give uh, Jim White some excitement on that. He has enough excitement. He doesn't need <laughs> any more. But, uh, up until now, it's, like I say, it's been fairly quiet. I know Chelsea have done some, some good business in the fact that they've shipped off Oscar to the Far East for £60 million Yeah, Obviously, excellent business there. And they've got rid of Mikel off the wage bill as well. And looking like Bamford's going to go to Middlesbrough for £10 million. So they're making money, but not spending it at the moment. Um, and just elsewhere, it's all—it's more conjecture, isn't it, with the other clubs, and more about what's going to happen in the summer than what's happening now. But that's what interests me about this, Mark. Is, 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 given the fact that we've got a top, it, we've got this top six, which is a real dance at the moment. And we'll talk about it in terms of Man City, for example. I mean, there's apparently you know, there's a ridiculous 
example here is, is, is Messi, you know, £100 million out there. Uh, it's, it's a suggestion. Is someone going to do something in this next two weeks that is so... We, we usually have, don't we, during this period, we usually have a couple of deals that are just, you know, the, the, every single day you look at the back page and think, here we go, yeah. you know, he wants to, no, he's going to re-sign, no, someone else wants him and all that kind of thing. We haven't got that. I wonder also whether it's that almost everyone's got some money now, haven't they, if you saw what I mean. Mm. You know, and clearly you've got the, the, the Chinese issue out there, which is, you know, ridiculous amount of money. And I'm assuming the Chinese issue it does is not is not um prerequisite about the fact that there's no window for Chinese Well football, there is, is but it finishes I, at the end of February. The, chi- the, Chinese, the, Chinese, the Chinese, Chinese football finishes, has got yeah. a window. It finishes yeah. at the end of February, which Can't means... Can't they just buy someone where they want them? Which means the cost of situation actually is, isn't necessarily resolved at the end of January. If we're talking about the Piat situation, it will be resolved at the end of January, unless there's a bid from China that we don't know about. So, is that, that right? They're, they're, yeah, I think, yeah, it is, no, I think yeah. you're right, yeah, yeah, because... So what happens is that <clears throat> all the federations have a window, so like UEFA have a window and CONCACAF have a window. Sure. So, yeah, their window, like I think it is the end of February, so they, they can still buy, but obviously beyond January, in, English clubs and European clubs can't buy, they can only sell. So, so that's a, what's a window? It's a, it's a one-way window, isn't it? So basically... It's, it's a huge, very drafty whoever, window. Whoever wants to buy can buy. Yeah. But you can't... So you can't block, you can't block it off if you've got a footballer. No. For the next three months. Yeah. Well, six weeks, end of February, isn't it? Into March, as we, d- yeah, is that right? No, no. I think we, we're talking about we've got we've got an, we've got six weeks when the Chinese window finishes, but we've yeah. got two weeks, haven't we? Yeah, the, yeah. With, with but, the but more sort of pressing for China is the fact that there's all this talk about the sanctions being put on clubs now, so that they can't be making these crazy investments in players, and and they've got their free player rule as well. So but, a lot he, of them are taken that's up. A, that's the bit that people kind of and, and uh, you know. Uh, it, Obviously, the headlines are, are obviously what they are because, of course, you put some big names in there in big letters. But the Chinese league wants to have a league that actually produces Chinese players, a, a, exactly domestic, yeah. certainly a, a national yeah. team that could compete. Because what, what they've done level. is that they've made football part of their national curriculum now with, sure. with the kids at school. But I think that they're doing it sort of in the right way because th- to get these kids interested, they need the big stars, and the big stars aren't Chinese. The big stars are players primarily playing in Europe. I know obviously Tevez bucks the trends who's playing in Argentina, but he's a player who, you know, throughout the, the majority of his career played in in England, obviously. Yeah. Did a, but but did I think I'm right thinking at the moment Piet, at, at the moment you can have four foreign players, three. can't you? And, and uh, I thought it was four and it was coming down to three. Oh maybe it is. Yeah, but, uh, but, but there's so much change yeah. yeah. no one else exactly, yeah. 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 But the, the the key to it is the fact they could they've only got uh, th- that three or four player rule so you've got some amazing players playing with conference players the important thing about this is is that is that given the fact that there's this kind of furore and, and I, I suppose Costa's in the middle of it all because like oh my god he's going to sacrifice his football career yeah. at the age of 20 28, 28, 28 yeah. to go and play in China in practical terms Mark it's going to be <clears throat> a dozen footballers who go and earn a zillion pounds to play in China and in a league which was why shouldn't China try and look to develop and, and you know and be a better footballing nation? 
Yeah, like I, you can see because I think the differential is so massive, isn't it? I mean, yeah. if you, if you, I, 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 you know, perhaps Gary, I don't know how much Costa's on at, at Chelsea. We know that Piatt's on 125. I'm not saying he's going to China. But when you look at the Tevez is on 600 or something. 675, yeah, something like that. The, the differential was so massive, isn't it? That yeah, because... There was a time when I remember thinking 200 grand was a you know ridiculous amount of money. God, that's, where, was I. that's where Costa is with Chelsea at the moment in that uh, he's got two and a half years on his contract. They're offering him a two-year extension on that um, and bumping him up to 200 grand a week. But the Chinese club, um, Tiang Sangshu, I think it is. Yeah. I can't pronounce it. Um they, well, uh, you, you may well have, yeah, sorry. Dan, sorry, you may well have pronounced it absolutely bang it's, on. It's my cultural ignorance there, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So he, he Chelsea are offering him two hundred thousand pounds a week, but they're offering him six six hundred six fifty or something like that. That you look at and you think it would be on ten million a year at Chelsea, but then they're offering him thirty million a year. But that's net of tax as well. Can, can I ask so, you? You know, I know I know you're not a representative of Chelsea, but how did Chelsea fans do you think think when there was a time when they were the huge, great, big spenders on the block who changed everything for everyone? Yeah. And now there's China out there, and in fact Chelsea yeah. could lose out as a result. Well, th- of that. This is the interesting thing because Chelsea have benefited largely from this because last summer, uh, sorry, last January, they sold Ramirez for 25 million. And they, that was a five million profit on what they paid Benfica for him, but they paid Benfica that in 2010. So six years down the line, for a player that was really past his best, and they're making a five million profit, isn't you know someone to shy away from. But obviously, you know Oscar going there this January as well is incredible. They they made a 40 million profit on a player that really was a squad player now, and they freed up space and in that squad. And Conte was saying on Saturday that Loftus Cheek has got that place in the squad now, so the academy's benefiting. Um, obviously, they get rid of Mikel. They get his salary off the wage bill. You know, for a player that people may call a legend, I don't think he was. He was a good servant for the club, but Did he wasn't. Really cool, John Obi Mikel, a legend. Yeah, there was a big debate on it. Well, no, with I'm... me at the heart of it recently on Twitter, where I was getting abused by the Nigeria Twitter mafia, <laughs> I, I, saying, I, I, "How I dare do, you not I call him a legend?" Enjoy, you know, a, a, a football. You know, it's like a footballer who's, who's served you well. But it's, it's but the, the word, well, as we know, the word legend you can bang well, the, the, about a little there's bit There's a difference between a good servant and a legend. You know, for, for yes. me. As good le- as you know, a legend is someone like Frank Lampard, you know? Yes, <laughs> I'm only saying that because I'm in a room with West Ham. No, that's fine. No, I'll give you that <laughs> but, one. Um, I'll give you that one. I think John, John Oban McHale, without being disrespectful to him, was a good servant for Chelsea. Yeah. He wasn't a legend. He wasn't a player that helped, you know, held down a, a first-team spot all the time. And, you know, I think if you look at the players who played in his position, McAuley and Essien... They're legends, and Mikel is the poor man's SEN or Makaleli. Well, I'll tell you what, Ed, love living. Uh, when we come back, we'll discuss, though, the individuals who didn't turn up at the weekend who may have inspired both two teams. When it comes to a software vendor audit, you need to park the bus. Call 0203-817-4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Welcome back. We're talking about, obviously, football players. This has been the way it's worked in the last couple of days. Simple. Costa and Payet. Now, okay, go. Let's, let's, Let's deal with... Costa's position to start with, because I don't think I think it's stupid to suggest that these two men are, are, are walking down parallel lines, but they've clearly got agendas. Yeah, well, to work in this January. 
the, the point I was going to make about Costa is that with the whole Chinese Super League factor is that obviously we still don't know whether this is a factor in everything that's going on. You know, Chelsea confirmed today that he's back in training. He trained over the weekend for uh, and yesterday when the players were off because that's what they do with injured players. But um, the, the Chinese story is a byproduct of this fallout he's had with Conte about his back injury. But what I find interesting about it is that out of all the players that have gone to China, he's the one player that's in his prime and is in the elite that is going there. If you look at the, the players that have gone, Pella, you know, Graziano Pella left um, Southampton to go there. He yeah. isn't a big, big name. So you can look and say, okay, I can understand why I'm going for the money. You know, um, Tevez now, one last payday. You know, um, players like Axel Witzel, who a few years ago were being tipped to be the real big players, but he went to Zenit, didn't really become the player we fought. So now he's gone to China to cash in because he knows that, well, why don't I cash in on my career? Mm when I'm not going to be winning Champions Leagues. Whereas you look at Diego Costa, he's at a club that not only has got the funds to do it, they've got the manager now. There seems to be this harmony at Chelsea where they're on the way back up after this disastrous campaign last year. And you look and you think, well, what is your motivation to go there other than the money? Because you can understand Oscar leaving Chelsea because he's not getting in. He's not going to earn the money he's on at Chelsea by going to Juventus. So he's gone to China and he's... The Chelsea situation of the season makes sense because, of course, you're shuffling around some blue-chip footballers. Let's go back to, Mark, the, the way that Tevez has tried to... <clears throat> I'm going to have to assume that, we're gonna, that, that, he, that he's trying to manipulate his way out of a situation. He is. I think if you were going to draw, and as you say, you can't draw direct parallels, apart from the fact they are probably the star player for their uh, respective Absolutely sides. Right. And you are talking about, as you said, a massive amount of uh, you know difference of uh, uh, in terms of money. I'm not sure Pyatt is actually driven by money, and I, this may be an, an unpopular thing to say. He's going to Marseille. He's not going to China. You know, Pyatt is not going to He's China. He's taking for, a pay cut as well if he goes to well, Marseille. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of stuff about, you know, greed and all this kind of thing. Um, you know, there is, you know, the risk of playing slightly devil's advocate here. If your family don't like staying here and they want to go back to Marseille and uh, you, uh, you, you know, you that's the club that you really love. And let's be fair, West Ham have not invested around him, you know, which which is true. We, you know, th- some of the people that we bought over the summer were... But that's also not, not, that's not his job, is it? He, he, he's going to sign off on footballers, is he? I appreciate he's not going to sign off on footballers, but I think he was probably entitled to think that West Ham would kick on. And they haven't, and as as we know, uh, they haven't kicked on. And I, you know, all I'm saying is I can see there's an argument there. Sure. I, I can also see a lot of anger there, and I do understand that. And I, I, I think there's there's a lot of misguided stuff from West Ham fans who say things like, you know, we gave him a platform and we made him into a player. Well, no, he was a good player. He was in the French squad. He was, you know, playing for a good side in 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 League One. You know, he was he was a good player. Uh, and and I, I suppose we gave him a bit of stability, and you know, we 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 warm to him and all that I, I you know i'm i'm less angry about Pyatt going than i think a lot of west ham fans are what what uh, but what I think it's I'm... the refusing to play thing and that's what Costa yes hasn't that, that's that's yeah. a and, and that and that's the bit where it, i where i would draw the line the, but where i like and it's and, and both this is where both of clubs of of uh, i think have found um union is chelsea responded with this with the, with the fake nine three up top Played really well, and no two ways about it. West Ham did as well. Isn't it funny how just good old fashioned people who spend time in each other's company 
and actually emotions do come into this. I think what's interesting about it as well is looking at the West Ham perspective, how Mark Noble was so frank and how it's supposed to be for a few weeks. Exhibit A, good point. And that I like because he's a captain and he's doing his captain's job and I've got a lot of respect for Mark Noble. I really like him as a player, but I think as a person as well, that he's a guy of substance that stands by what he says. You know, he, he could have left West Ham years ago, but he stood by, you know, because he wanted to be at that club and he's a person that, you know, oozes everything West Ham and but, he's speaking out on behalf of the players. But tell me about Chill. When, when Costa shows off, and we'll talk about this in terms... I'll ask you literally the same question, Mark, in terms of West Ham. When Costa shows off, how do, how do Chelsea respond? Because we've seen how Conte responded, didn't yeah. we? See, the, the, I can't substantiate these reports, but I'm, I'm just going by what's been exactly. in, in the Telegraph can, yeah. with, by Matt Law. But um, he's the person who broke the story and he's very close to it and you've got no reason to doubt him. And he's written a subsequent report on the back of it saying that Chelsea players are telling Costa he's got to apologise to the manager and they want, it, you know, want to brush it over because they understand the severity of it. But also, I think that shows that if, any, you know, if we're reading between the lines here, again, I can't substantiate it, but they're probably suggesting to him you've been out of order for the way he behaved. Right. And it just goes back to what's happened with Noble, the fact that he's come out broken rank and spoken out in support of Billage and just shows that both players are and behaving My badly. suspicion, Mark, would be exactly the same thing as happened at West Ham, but probably more grievous because I think that what you've got at West Ham is because Chelsea's biggest problem is that they're banging away at the top in the top four. Yeah. Our biggest problem... West Ham's biggest problem. Sorry about the hour. Oh, oh, oh good lord, we all know. <laughs> West Ham's biggest problem is that they're banging away down the bottom. It's a ma- it's a much it's a it's a bigger issue, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, what you saying about my noble broke rank. I think Andy Carroll also made it quite clear after the game on Saturday when he said, "Look, no one player," and I know it's a cliche, but no one player is bigger than the club, yeah. and he was quite clear who he was referring yeah. to. I think there was that was a real turning point on Saturday for West Ham, uh, and I think it could have gone either way. You know, if Tompkins had scuffed that one in in the in the first half, West Ham would have been. Yeah, the atmosphere would have got uneasy. Yeah. You're right. You know, it may well have been the afternoon that actually turned the you know the Olympic Stadium or the London Stadium, as we're supposed to call it, into a football stadium I, because I, there was I a, a it, magic atmosphere. It could be very. It could well be the that. afternoon. Yeah, very specific. What's interesting, sorry to cut you off, Mark, what's interesting as well is that we talk about player power and it's always this negative thing we talk about, player power, player power, but now you're seeing the player power working in a positive way and that the dressing room, for want of a better term, the dressing room's turned on Pyatt and they're standing behind the club and the manager and the stance that they're taking on it. Absolutely and that's right. what Chelsea P- players seem to be doing. Pyatt turned against the dressing room, if you like, didn't he? Yeah. Because he said that actually the camaraderie or whatever it is we've been through doesn't actually matter. Yeah. It's actually about my future that really matters. And I think West Ham showed with Lanzini and Carroll and I think actually most importantly was the fans. Was There was a tremendous atmosphere... Uh, in in that second half, and I think there was something about okay, with, with, with whatever whatever is left of West Ham, it still matters. Yeah, and I think you know I think there was a lot of anger towards Payet for not uh, appreciating that. You know, we I completely understand you go off to better things, of course you do. Yeah, but there's a way of doing things. Yeah, Gary, exactly. There, you, you'll know this obviously because you, you could be, Chelsea players move in slightly loftier heights, so <laughs> there's a way of doing business, isn't there? But you've yeah. got in your manager who someone who patently is as bread and butter blue collar as you can possibly get. Mm. Do you think that chemistry is working well in the Chelsea system? Yeah. What 
what I've always liked about Chelsea is that now I might come a, a bit more romantic than than others, obviously given my allegiances, but. You know, not going down the route of calling them we, unlike yourself. <laughs> that was that was horrible, horrible mistake. It was forgivable. I think most people have moved on since then. Uh, and it's a mistake I only but, make for the next 50 years of my life but, on this planet. Sorry but, about but, that. What, yeah. what I like about Chelsea in, in the Abramovich era um, you know, is that there has been this money behind the club, but there's still been a heartbeat to it as well. It's not yeah. just been fluff. It hasn't just been... You know, money, 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 and that's what the club's thriving on. Of course, that's propelled Chelsea to to become the club they are. There's no hiding that. But I think that, that there, it, on on Saturday, I was at the game on Saturday, and Conte went over to um, the Chelsea fans at the end, and he was celebrating. He was, but it was maybe a little bit more emotional, given obviously given the week. And it's reminded me of of when Jose was was at Chelsea in his second spell when um, Chelsea went up to West Brom after having won the league, and they lost three 0 I think it was, and he played a few youth team players. But from about the 60th minute through to the very end of the game, Chelsea fans didn't shut up just singing we're top of the league. Because you know, it's almost like we don't care what's happening now. And it was really, really loud. And Jose went over and he stood in front of him for about five minutes just clapping with finger up going, you know, we're number one, we're number yeah. one. And there's this weird bond between manager and fans, which, which is why it was so disappointing the way that he left. But I, I just want to say one, one yeah. thing about that. Be right. I think that that bond between Slavon Bilic and the fans was there. And you talked about a heartbeat. I think in that new place, in that second half, yeah. we discovered, we rediscovered There it heartbeat. was, that little kernel, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. If you don't mind, Gal, Mark will now explain... He has he has his fingers in many pies. He's a duplicitous, <laughs> conniving. Don't know where this is going, Mark. But go on, yeah. Those weren't good words to start with, was it? They no. went downhill there. No. I tell you what, Mark is. By the way, <laughs> he's, he's he's someone who's out there to extend his arm around a massive, enormous arm around the new West Ham, and just the job is the job is a genuine one. I, I, I don't mean glib about it because, of course. Excuse me, the point we, we're out is the new stadium genuinely means West Ham needs to find a new foothold, doesn't yeah. it? And, and, and this is what you're doing, isn't it? Oh, uh, sorry, you talk about the Independent Sports yeah. Association. Yeah, West, West Ham's the only, uh, the only club in the Premier League that doesn't have an Independent Sports, independent sports Association until a few months ago, uh, where we've got together, we've got 500 members, which is nothing at the moment, but we're, we're you know, working on that. Um, to try and uh, not to turn the clock back because obviously that is you know ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and we can't have you know back to the bowling days and all that kind of thing. What we can do is try and create a, you know hopefully in liaising with the club and these may be naive and famous last words, creating something with the club that gives us a feeling of what we used to have, but in a kind of modern era, if you like. It's very interesting. Uh, you know, I take my kids. I know you you know you go with your kids, Mark, as well is that they actually really like the Olympic Stadium. Or, yeah. You know, and I'm not speaking for your family, but, you know, they, they really like it. They like the Olympic Stadium. Stupid like it, yeah. kids. I know, but they like it because that's what, that's what they know. And, that's yeah. what they are. and also, when you, when you, see, uh, when you, you see Vox Pops on Channel 4 and things like this, and, and you, you see young fans saying things like, yeah, but if we want to get into Europe... You know, if we want to, this is what we need. And you're thinking, God, you know, based on 50 years of sport in West Ham, going to Europe is like once every 20 years. It's <laughs> exactly, and, yeah. it, and it lasts two games. And yeah. that's it. You know, that's fine if that, you know. So I think, the you know, their expectations are different. I just thought that afternoon, that afternoon, and I'm sorry to say it, but when we, I think when we 
beat Chelsea in the uh, the yeah. League Cup. There yeah. was a little flavour of that because of the rivalry, and I know there were other issues on that day. But I think that second half just made you think. Actually, do you know this? This this might do as a home. So we can find you, Mark. Obviously on the. Uh, uh, so where do we go if you want to be a West Ham man? Oh, uh, go, go, well, West Ham United Independent Sports Association. You'll find it on Twitter. It's on Facebook, and uh, if you listen to the West Ham podcast, stop hammering. And that's what I was like. Go to West Ham podcast. But Gary, of course, since we. We've all spoke. There's the there's the prospect of a new Stamford Bridge. Yes. Now, this is this is massive for me. I, 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 it's just out there. There's a lovely picture. Well done. Beautiful stadium is going to be. You have got Tottenham on one side with with the ground being built on one side. They're going to go to Wembley for a year. Yeah. They've shown what Wembley does to Tottenham. Diddly. Yeah, but that's because they're not used to playing there. Chelsea well, are. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good try. But I will give you now, because we've only got a minute and a half shameless, to go. Shameless. Stamford Bridge 2, they call it. Mark, I'm prepared to give him yeah, this shameless. shameless 90 seconds or so. Can you? Is it only positives that Chelsea now ups their game? Because I, I mean, it's ridiculous. They're seventy ninth biggest stadium in Europe. So they get to go to top 10 or something, don't they? Yeah, with the new stadium, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's an incredible stadium, the, the way it's going to look. And um, they've already called it the Cathedral of Football, which I like. Because. Um, well, okay, start with a small name and then just build, but, build but your just, way just, just going Because what, what I like about the stadium is that um, when, when Chelsea tried to get Battersea Power Station, yeah. I just had these dreams of, you know, Champions League finals being played there. Because it'd be so iconic with those, you know, um, the chimney stacks and everything else. And obviously they lost out on that. So with this one, that is so different to any other stadium as well. And, um, you know, you go to the Emirates, lovely stadium, but you know, you, you go to a lot of stadiums that are the same now. You know, I was at Leicester at the weekend, nice stadium for them, but you go to Hull and it's the same stadium or it's built out of a Meccano pack. Yeah. Whereas you look at Chelsea's and it's so unique. And, you know, for some, they might not like the design of it, but I just like how unique it is and how they're being... A lot of hammers for what it's worth when they saw all those plans that were in the standard for the new stadium. Same with Tottenham as well. Is why couldn't we have done that? Why couldn't we have built on where we were? Because had? we couldn't. I know, I know, Obviously, I know. Because, because but, West Ham couldn't. What I like but, talking so you, about. But your footprint, though, is you can, you can build. The point is, you can build where you are yeah, and expand. But there's, there's, there's a key reason as to why Chelsea are building there as well, which I'm not sure many people are aware of, is that you talk about your independent supporters association. In the 80s and 90s, when Chelsea nearly lost Stamford Bridge to developers, the Chelsea pitch owners were created. And they owned the freehold to Stamford yeah, Bridge. So Roman Hello, Abramovich... Supporters. Roman, <laughs> Roman Abramovich, with his billions, couldn't buy them out. So regardless of whether he wanted to move, Chelsea fans, the plastic Chelsea fans, put... You know, dug the hills in and said, "No, we want to stay at Stamford Bridge. You've got to exhaust every possible right. way of developing this stadium." That's a very good point, and that's what yeah. he's done. And because of Chelsea pitch owners, the people that work so hard behind the scenes as fans that are passionate about that club, that's why Chelsea are getting their stadium on site. Superb news. Well, do you know what? We we, we win again. Here we are, we win again, and not the least of which, I do not want to see a big bloody blue pig. <laughs> floating over Battersea bloody power station. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you very much. That was the Whistleblowers. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at thewhistleblowers.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.